Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. God opens doors for conversation, not for condemnation. He opens doors for conversation. Jesus didn't come to this world to condemn the world. So we have to do it in a respectful, gentle, loving way. Now, if you come across cocky, I'm better than you are mentality, you've lost it. Just remember where you and I came from. We were all on a quest at one point. Do you ever feel as though you don't have the skill or determination to be a witness for Christ? Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world telling everyone that he had paid the penalty for sin, and that those who believe in him can be forgiven and live eternally with God. As a Christ follower, you've been given that same command. We're called to follow Jesus, yes, but we're also called to be fishers of men like Jesus. There is some risk to this calling, but the reward of eternal life for you and those you share Jesus with will be worth that risk. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15, for our continuing study entitled, Speak Up. have said something like this. You'll get up, and for a few days, you kind of say this. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know whether it's physical or spiritual or emotional. I just don't feel exactly right. You see, something, something just isn't right. It's a little funky. To be honest, that's kind of what an unbeliever experiences often. We learn that Satan is a great liar and deceiver, so he's blinded the minds of unbelievers to the truth. And I'm going to share a little of that. So, and they're under the control of Satan, but they don't know it. Here, here's what we know with unbelievers. And you might be an unbeliever today. Well, we all started the same way. Unbelievers have a problem of being empty and lonely and guilty and afraid of death. But they really don't know it. They can't seem to figure out why life doesn't really match up. Now, why do I know that? Because Ecclesiastes tells us God has put eternity in our heart. We know, at Romans number one says, we know there's a God. Every person knows, they might say, you know, no, they know there's a creator. They know there's a creator. We also know from the scripture that we have a conscience, that God gives us that conscience. That's why an unbeliever feels guilty. And also, we know that when we die, there is something after death. Now, it's interesting because when, when Jesus started to come to his ministry, he, he, he said these things, follow me, and I'm going to make you, see if you can repeat it with me, Fishers of men. Now, what was that all about? What he's saying is, unbelievers 
don't know really what's wrong. So we're going to go fishing for men. Would you just turn to your neighbor and say, I guess I'm going to go fishing. Go ahead. Just tell them right now. That's what God made all of us to do. By the way, if you're a Christian this morning, someone fished for you. Now, Billy Graham had an amazing book called Peace with God. Let me read to you about the mindset of our world as far as the unbeliever. He says this, You started on a great quest the moment you were born. It was many years, perhaps, before you realized it, before it became apparent that you were constantly searching, searching for something you never had, searching for something that was more important than anything in life. Sometimes you tried to forget about it. Sometimes you even felt that you were freed from the need to go on seeking this nameless thing. At moments, you have almost been able to dismiss the quest completely. But always you have been caught up in it again. Always you have had to come back to your search. Every unbeliever is on a great quest to find God, but they don't know it. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, today is about the word quest. Would you just tell them right now? Quest, searching, looking, something isn't exactly right. Trying to find meaning of life. So why would Jesus say, go search, go fish, go find the people on a quest? Because they're confused. Our world, just as it was in Jesus' day, is confused we're really post, well, let's be honest, we're postmodern, we're post-Christian in our United States today. People have moved away from what we would call Christian beliefs. They don't understand sin. They don't understand forgiveness. The postmodern person today, here's their bottom line. They actually think most people are good. They don't know the Bible has any answers for their life. There's this emptiness they have, but they have no idea how to fill it. They don't know how to get to heaven, even though they, they want to go there when they die. And, and we need to understand kind of the way they think so that when we address them, we can kind of uncloud their mind. So the first thing I want you to write this morning is this. Speak up. Know what unbelievers think and believe. You see, if I'm talking to someone, I need to know, they don't know, I need to know where they're coming from, what they're thinking today. You know, we see all changes in our society today. Do you know that one out of every five people in the United States is called a nun, N-O-N-E-S? They really have no belief about anything. One out of every five persons. Now, we know that God has put them on a quest. They just don't know it. They will deny it. They'll, as Romans 1 says, they just suppress the truth. So how do we deal with this? What, what are we going to do as we look at all this? Well, I've asked you to turn to Mark chapter 16. I want you to see verse 15, and it'll be very clear to you why we're fishing, why people are on this quest and what we can do to help. He said to them, his disciples, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. 
In other words, speak up. Know what the good news is. Speak about it. Go to every part of the world and share with unbelievers. So I I gave you lots of things last week. I don't have time to go through them, obviously. But I want to give you these two keys to write them. Speak up. We need to make Christ known. You see, people don't know who Jesus is. At best, they think he was like a nice teacher, a good man. We have to make Christ known. It was no different in Jesus' day. The Jewish people didn't accept Jesus Christ at all as the Son of God. They just thought he was, a well, actually, a crazy heretic saying he was God. Well, how foolish. Second, found people. Find people. My responsibility as a Christian is not to just sit and come to church. And my responsibility as a Christian is to go fish. That's why Jesus said, come, follow me. I'm going to make you like me. And by the way, you're going to watch how I minister. I came to seek and save the lost. We've been dealing with a, a number of things. We started with, I need God's wisdom to do life. I don't have the wisdom. God has the wisdom. He knows lots of things I don't know. One of the things we learned last week from wisdom, the Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. So I want to do that. Now, if I need God's wisdom, we learned that we have to ask God and then listen. He's going to give it to us. Now, normally he gives us to us through the word of God, but he gives it to us in a lot of other different ways. And as he does that, then we're going to, one of them is the, uh, the uh, inner promptings of the Holy Spirit. So that required us to fill up, to be filled with the power of God, to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. And as we do that, you'll see in a moment, God uses that sensitivity to the things of the Spirit so he will open doors so that we can then speak up. That's the sequence we're on. Now, here's what we know of the United States as far as speaking up. I don't have the exact figures, but this is very close. About nine out of ten real Christians never win one person to Jesus Christ. Ninety percent of Christians never really share their faith with any kind of consistency at all. Ninety percent of Christians do not fish. Ninety percent of Christians do not go into the world and share the gospel. And then we wonder why Christianity is going down the tubes in many parts of the United States. But if you go to Africa or Asia, China, if you go to South America, the churches are made. There's a church in Indonesia, 200,000 people come in a Muslim nation. Why? They're not afraid to speak about Jesus Christ. So we have a long way to go. Could you say amen? I mean, we have a long way to go. So what am I doing here? Trying to teach you how to fish and how to all that works. Now, we learn because we don't speak up. Why is that? The first real reason is most Christians don't know they're supposed to share. Most Christians think that's the responsibility of the elders and the pastors. Well, it is. But just because I'm a Christian, it has nothing to do with my title or my role responsibility. See, every single one of you that are Christian, when you read that, he said to them, go into all the world, that's you. Every single Christian has been commanded to go and share the good news. Now, the second thing, fear that we have, the reason we don't share is this. Christians simply don't know the what and how to share the good news. 
Well, what is the good news and how can I share it? And that's why we talked last week. I'll share more about that in a moment. And then number three, the reason we don't speak up, we're fearful. We're afraid of failing. We're afraid people are going to laugh at us. We're afraid somebody's going to ask a question we don't know how to answer. We're fearful in lots of things. And we talked about what the gospel is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we talked about the who, the what, the where, and how to share the good news. So you'll have to catch up from last week. I'll give you a little simple uh, kind of review as we go through this morning. Now, Peter gives us this amazing statement. Peter says this. And if someone going to be an unbeliever. If someone asks about your Christian hope, so this is for a Christ follower who has hope. Uh, things are bad in their life and, and they seem to still have joy. All kinds of things are falling apart and they're okay. So an unbeliever sees us and says, how, how can you have hope in the middle of this kind of a thing? If someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. Always be ready to speak up, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. So the first thing I want you to write here is this. Speak up. We need to watch for open doors. You see, God's heart is for the lost, and he will open doors for you and me. Not weird. He will open doors. Just uh, last weekend... Because God is opening doors. If we will be filled up, one of the things comes with being under the control of the Spirit. We're sensitive. There's kind of this spiritual sense. And all of a sudden, as we're conversing with people or talking or in, in a community or whatever, God begins to speak to us. Let me share with you how that looks, what that looked like. Last weekend, uh, we had a, a friend, a couple from the Vero campus, and they invited Linda and I to go out to dinner and go to a concert. So we went down to Vero. We had a great time. We were sitting in the restaurant, and uh, there's this really cute waitress, just as sweet as can be in whatever, probably early 20s or whatever. And she kept coming back and back and back and back to the table. You know, Sorry, your food hasn't come yet. And then, you know, I said, well, food didn't come. We're leaving. Get out of here, would you? No. So she kept coming back and talking and whatever. And I turned to my wife and I said, something's going to happen here. God's opening a door. I didn't know what it was, but I, I knew she was looking for something. So we go on and on and on and on. And finally I said to her, because she kept coming back again, more water. My water's up. Whatever. And she says to me, oh, I said to her, I opened it, uh, do you live in Vero Beach? She says, yeah, I live in it. She said, do you live in Vero? I said, no, no, we live in Vero. We live in Melbourne. And she's Melbourne. I said, yeah, I'm, a, I'm the pastor of a, a church in Melbourne at Calvary Chapel. My dad used to take me there when I was a young girl. So that began to open up. And, he, and I said, well, what church do you go to here? She said, I don't go to church. And she said, since my dad passed away, I haven't been back to church. So what did that tell me? You already know what it told you. See, what would that tell you? That somehow she's blamed who for her dad's death? Absolutely. So we talked and we shared. And here's the first thing I said to her. You know how much God loves you? We're here in this restaurant and going to a concert 
because God loves you. He sent us all the way here so I can encourage you to get back to church. And we spent some time, and bottom line, I just said to her, you need to get back to church. She says, you're exactly right. I miss it. Now you say, Pastor Mark, that's like weird. That isn't God. No, that's 100% God. See, what was she on? She's on a quest. She doesn't know how to solve it. She's back and forth, back and forth. And in my spirit, I go, mm-hmm. And you say, well, I can't be like that. No, all you have to do is get filled up. If you're there thinking, well, I should have ordered green beans with the casserole instead of the other, and she keeps coming back, and all you're thinking about is food, you've missed it. Now, I don't go into a restaurant and look at the menu and go, mm. No, because most times God doesn't open a door like that. But we have to be sensitive. Now, have I ever missed an opportunity like that? Oh, yeah, I miss them. I know it when I left, too. So we're not perfect, but people are on a quest. And God puts us in different places. Now, you know what? Jesus didn't do most of the work in the temple. He did most of the work in the marketplace, at the restaurants, at the shopping centers, in the neighborhoods. So we have to learn where to fish. Now, as I begin to share that, know, speak up, know and share The essentials. Since the world is confused about all these essentials, we need to know them. Sin, salvation, heaven, hell, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, the cross, the resurrection. You don't have to worry about end time events. Someone's going to ask you to explain the whole book of Revelation. You know, just the basics, the essentials. Now, notice this verse. It says, and if someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. You see, that means speaking up. Be ready to tell people all the amazing things. But notice what it says. Do this in a gentle and respectful way. So speak up. Share with humility, gentleness, and love. Now, the wrong way for me to approach that when she said... I don't go to church, would be this. Well, what is wrong with you? You know better. You came to our church. It was a good church. It wasn't perfect. You know what is wrong with you? No. God opens doors for conversation, not for condemnation. He opens doors for conversation. Jesus didn't come to this world to condemn the world. So we have to do it in a respectful, gentle, loving way. Now, if you come across cocky, I'm better than you are mentality, you've lost it. Just remember where you and I came from. We were all on a quest at one point. Every single one of us. And God graciously changed us. Now, that verse says, your hope. What that simply means is, I want you to write this down. It's Speak up, tell your story. When the person comes and asks him, how can you get through this? Maybe a lady just had a breast biopsy or something. How can you get through this? And a guy just is, knows he's going to lose you. How can you get through? How, can you, how do you trust God in all this stuff? Jesus and Paul knew this principle. A personal testimony proven by a matching life is a powerful witness. We're able to share with people. I used to be like you. I used to be so confused. I didn't get it either. I thought being good enough was great. And then one day someone shared the real truth of the gospel with me, and it totally changed my life. 
So when we share our own testimony, it's not too difficult because it's my testimony. You're not going to say, I want to tell you about someone. I can't think of their name. Uh, I wonder how they came to the Lord. No, it was you. I mean, it's not too difficult. So you're going to be able to share with them what God did for you in your life. It's personal. And you want to share more about what he's done since you came to Christ than all the junk before. Now, sometimes you have to talk about the junk a little bit, but you don't focus there. You focus on the what? On what God's done from you since. See, a personal testimony is powerful. It gives us an ability to say to people, this is what I was. I was just like you. I remember when I was just like you. I was lost. I was confused. I didn't get it. I thought church was ridiculous. I was just like you. And but God changed my life. Now, I'm going to give you a little story that it's very strange because Jesus would do things so different. You could never put Jesus into a box. One day, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. It was a Gentile area. And uh, and uh, when we go there, we always go to this area where uh, he, when he got out of the boat, he met a man uh, who was demon-possessed. Well, as he saw this man, the man lived basically in a tombstone area. that He just was there. And nobody could control him. Every chain that they put on him, he just broke it. Well, the, the, the whole crux of the story, when Jesus came, he cast all the demons out. And there was legions of demons. He cast them all out. The man was totally freed. When Jesus came, the man was without clothes, out of his mind. And the next picture we see when the demons left, he's in his right mind, in his clothes. Let me share something. When you really meet Jesus, you will change. If you think you've met Jesus and there's been no change, you haven't met the real Jesus. So, the next thing this man, and you can imagine, what's this man going to say to Jesus? He says to Jesus, hey, I want to get in your boat and I want to hang with you. This is amazing. I have never been free. Now watch what Jesus does. Take a look at this. I have it for you. The man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him, found in Luke chapter 8. But Jesus sent him home. Look what he says. No, no. Go back to your family. Tell them everything God has done for you. Jesus says to him, no, I don't want you to go with me. I want you to go back where your family is. Because if you come to the other side of Israel, these people don't know you. They don't know your history. They have no idea you are. You go back to your family. And as you walk into the town, the people say, get away, get away. That guy's crazy. And they see you, and they're going to say to you, what happened? Open door, open door, open door, open door. Before Jesus, after Jesus. Now understand, so he went through all the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. Do you like fish? Pastor Mark taught us in today's message that we're to become fishers of men just like Jesus. Pastor Mark shared with us that we're to know what unbelievers believe. That takes building a relationship with them. And then we're to make Jesus known. That means we have the courage to speak up. 
It may be in a restaurant, in the grocery store, even with your family. Just be faithful wherever you are. Facebook and Twitter have become a regular part of our everyday lives, and we want to be sure to encourage you to check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. You can find information about everything that's happening at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark shows us how to share the gospel. When Adam and Eve sinned, it created a gap and a separation between God and man. There had to be a consequence for sin. That consequence was death. God loved us so much that he didn't want this separation forever, so he sent his son to die a horrific death on the cross. Because Jesus shed his innocent blood for us, we can be saved and live eternally with God. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Mark continues through our series entitled Step Up. That's next time on Lessons for Living.